like nostalgic. Movie review from Nerdy Married Man. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to New Nostalgic Movie Reviews. Nerdy Married Man. I'm David. And I'm Steven. And this week we are looking at Steven's wife's pick, which was... Book of Life. Yes. It's a 2014 film. It's rated PG. It's an hour and 35 minutes. Like that sweet spot. Yes, indeed. Uh, Cast for this movie, we got uh, Diego Luna, uh, Zoe Saldana, Channing Tatum, Ron Perlman, Kate Del Castillo, Christina Applegate, Ice Cube... And uh, Hector Elizondo. We also have a couple little fun ones like uh, Danny Trejo and Gabriel Iglesias. Yes. <laughs> I was going to point them out too if you didn't. <laughs> um, synopsis for this movie, we have Manolo, a young man who is torn between fulfilling the expectations of his family and following his heart, embarks on an adventure that spans three fantastic worlds. Ah, wow. Spans three fantastic worlds where he must face his greatest fears. Uh... I guess right off the bat, uh, I think this movie is so cool in its aesthetic and its storytelling. I like, like that it's like figurines, like it's it's Mexican figurines, like like puppets, or yeah, something. that are the animation choice for this. And Guillermo del Toro does this. We haven't said that yet. This is a Guillermo del Toro movie, like right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the visuals are just so creative and charming, and and honestly, this movie came out, I'm pretty sure, the same year as Coco, which is... No. Or... This came out in 2014. Coco was 2017. Oh, okay. So, a little bit between each other, but it was kind of funny that we had a few Day of the Dead movies come after each other. And, of course, the different studios always fighting about that. But I love this story of Day of the Dead. Like, Day of the Dead Muertos has always been such a big thing for me. It's always been a huge... Thing that I've, I've loved the culture of. I love the celebration of. I love their ideas for Diaz de los Muertos. And I love this movie incorporating all of that. And doing it in such an amazing and fun way. Oh yeah. It's, it's again so creative. But I do love how each world has like its own visual and aesthetic. Like it's still like oh, yeah. that. That you know puppy. Or puppy. Puppet like <laughs> characters. But it's cool seeing, like, the real world having, uh, you know, I guess, not flat, but, like, straight, not like, normal colors. And then it goes into the land of... The Remembered. The land of the Remembered. And it's so colorful and bright and beautiful. And then there's also the land of the forgot- Forgotten that is, like, dull and grayed out and black. Yeah. And it's just really cool seeing those three different visual styles. And talking about soundtracks in the last week's episode of movies this soundtrack slaps so hard it has got some amazing songs it's got a lot of different versions of popular songs covers that we've heard of songs like mm-hmm. creep and a couple others but it also has some unique songs that were made for the movie that are just so beautiful yeah the, the mariachi style of music that they did for all the different songs in this is entertaining as hell it's gorgeous it's lovely it's a breath of fresh air something i don't get to see very often well one thing i love about like the licensed music that they use in this movie is it doesn't necessarily feel out of place every song was chosen for a reason because it fits a character's story point throughout the movie Mm -hmm. so i i don't think it's one of those movies that uses licensed music as just background noise or to be entertaining it's used with a purpose and i think that's so important yeah nothing feels forced nothing feels out of place it all feels like it's 
part of this thing. Yeah, and, well, and like how you mentioned Creep, I think that the music works really well, even though, like, at first when that song started, it kind of pulled me out of it a little, because I'm like, well, that's kind of weird. Why are they playing this song? But then when you really listen to it and think about the character development, it it really works so well because he's talking about like he's not sure why he's there, what is he doing there, and he doesn't belong there. And he's talking about like his life in bullfighting and how he is a different person. He doesn't want to kill mm-hmm. the bulls. So it's just really cool if you think about the music and how it fits into the different characters. That, and we talked about this with uh, A Night's Tale and having movies with jousting being something we don't see very often. Movies with bullfighting? Don't exist. There is very few movies out there with bullfighting in it. And having a movie that has a, a good portion of its plot dealing with bullfighting and the ways of bullfighting and the way it's a family kind of uh, business kind of where they go into it as entertainers. And that's one of the things that I thought was hilarious with this is the dad like doesn't want him to be a music entertainer. But literally, that's all bullfighting is. It's an entertainer. It's a dance. It's a performance. Well, it's a- <laughs> I think the movie does have a really interesting look at bullfighting because it is like a huge major issue in that culture. But it's kind of interesting how it looks at it as tradition versus what's right. And that's like, yeah. you know, Manolo and his father are kind of on both sides of that. His father's more into tradition, even though it's killing and he doesn't see it as an issue. Whereas Manolo is like, well, that's not right. Mm-hmm. We shouldn't be doing that to these animals. But I, I think it's cool having a movie that kind of deals with that issue, but it's not in your face about it. And it does like it shows that it is a bad thing in the culture and in history, but it I think it's done really tastefully. So. Yeah, this movie also has a lot of with the touching moments and the great moments and the lovely moments. It also has a lot of really comical moments. Like the beginning of the movie, there's a kid going churros, come get your churros, and then a bird poops on them, and he goes frosted churros. <laughs> <laughs> it's like oh gross but at the same time it just makes you chuckle it's 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 funny there's a lot of like comedy moments in here and i think even cheech marin's in this movie too that's another person we need to bring up and there he's got a line in there where he's singing uh they're trying to do this like romantic song to, to get this uh, girl's attention out her window and he starts sitting in bismarck <laughs> and they, they have a Big character throw a, a, a flower pot and it lands on his head and it's just so so funny. <laughs> like I do, uh, I think one thing this movie really does well that a lot of other movies should learn from is the idea of the love triangle. You know, having the three characters uh, involved, they're all actual characters. They're not like cardboard cutouts of like there's there's the clear person that's supposed to be the winner. I think the love triangle does it well to where it. Like, you kind of have an idea of who's probably going to win, but it keeps you guessing. But also, the movie is not idolizing one character over another. Like, both Manolo and Joaquin have their issues, their flaws, but they also have some really good character growth. And I just, I think this version of a love triangle is done beautifully as compared to, like, other movies with that. I can agree with that. One of the things I think... I, I actually do not like the love triangle. I like the, the way they handled the love triangle situation, but the one thing I don't like about the love triangle situation for this movie is it does that stupid trope of um, kids being like 12 years old, being madly in love with two boys, madly in love with the same girl, and she gets sent away for 10 plus years, and 
the boys never moved on. The boys always wanted to have her back, and they both waited for her to come back, and they both, as soon as she got back, were like, she's mine! No, she's mine! And I'm like, you guys didn't think about any other person at all, ever, for that amount of time. You never knew if you were actually going to see her again. And it's just kind of one of those things where I'm like, I, I like what they do with it, and I, I think I totally agree with you. The way they handled it, and the, especially towards like the end of the movie, like from that point, I just don't like that split up in the middle, and then her coming back, and then just being immediately in love. Like if one of them was already with somebody, but like, oh, I still love my well, past I mean, love. Or what well, I mean, think about these kids. They were in love with her before she left, and that's all they've had to think about throughout the years so of course they're gonna still be madly in love with her when she comes back and i mean some people do that some don't i mean it's different per person but i think it's just really well done in the fact that when she gets back and they're like they're not instantly like you're mine yeah they want to talk to her and get her to feel the same way about them that they do her that's true yeah um like i said i i definitely agree Oh, it's just one of the things that I also just pointed out. Well, um, I like that even though they're in a way competing for her love in this love triangle, that they still have their strong friendship and they still respect each other. Like that's what I love. I, I love the friendship between them in this movie because they know even if times they disagree and fight over this girl, they're like, we're still friends. We're still bros. Yeah. Like, I, I think it's... There, there are some touching moments. We'll get more into some of those moments when we get into the spoilers. But Absolutely. There's some touching moments with the way they show their appreciation and respect for each other. That's just unfounded with the love triangles that we've seen. Because, like, I mean, one of the most famous love triangles people bring up is Edward, Bella, and Jacob. And that's just that's one of the worst re representations of love triangles ever. And this is one of the best ones. <laughs> yeah, if, if you're going to write a movie and have a love triangle in it, watch this movie for inspiration because it's going to show you how to do it properly. Yeah. Don't watch Twilight for that because that is so toxic and it is horribly done. Yeah. Um, do you want to go ahead and talk about how we feel about this movie? Absolutely. Uh, I think this is an amazing movie and your wife made a great pick. Yes. Uh, the animation, the story, the uh, actors all put in their effort and, it's just an all-around great movie. I think everyone should watch it. Yeah, this movie, obviously for me and my wife, we have a lot of strong connections too. Um, we love this, the, the love song that he sings to her, I Love You Too Much. It is a song that we've kind of incorporated into our love life as a song for our, each other. And it's it's a culture that we both really love and represent. And we love Guillermo del Toro is one of our favorite directors of all time. And him doing an animated movie as spectacular as this, it's just phenomenal. And it, he just always does amazing work. And it's funny that we actually are doing two Guillermo del Toro movies this month. <laughs> I didn't even realize it at first. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but this movie is just, it's something that I watch all the time. Every time I watch it, I cry. Every time I watch it, I, I love how beautiful it is. I sing along to the songs. I get, like, enthralled with the action. I love every bit of this. I laugh at everything. It's It gets me every time. Yeah, so go check it out. Yes. <laughs> uh, next week, we are looking at a bad pick that I chose. Uh, the Netflix movie Death Note, based off of the anime. Yep. The movie's hot garbage, but <laughs> we will get to that next week. <laughs> and now we will move on to the spoilers of The Book of Life. Yes. So we're going to go right into like downfalls and stuff? or 
Uh, yeah, we could go into downfalls because I think I only have like one, maybe okay. two. Uh, I guess the big thing that I had was why towards the end is La Muerte stuck in the land of the Forgotten Realm after she loses the bet, but uh, Zibalba is able to travel around everywhere. Like at the beginning of the movie, yeah. it shows both of them just hanging out in any realm they want to. But then for some reason, when she loses the bet and becomes the leader of the Forgotten Realm, why is she stuck there? Like Manolo has to go on a journey to the Forgotten to talk to her when it's like, why Why couldn't he just like try to get in contact with her a different way? I have a different problem with that because this is something that I got really annoyed with actually watching it this time. The whole bet was that... Um, she bet that Manolo would marry Maria, mm-hmm. and he bet that um, Joaquin would marry her. Mm-hmm. The bet shouldn't end until the actual marriage. He right? cheats yeah. and kills Manolo, but she still is not married to Joaquin. So the bet still has not been won, but she is now in the land of the exactly. forgotten. Well, it's even shown, like, as she's stuck in the land of the forgotten, uh, Sibaba sits there and goes like, ah, I have a wedding to plan. And it's like, like, wait, so she shouldn't be there. You yeah. haven't won the bet, truly. <laughs> I'm like, I don't, I don't get it. Ugh, that's so frustrating. Yeah, that was something for me. I, I really noticed this time and I was like, he didn't win the bet. What? What? What is going on? You can't, you cheat so much in this movie. You, you, you cheated with giving Joaquin the medal. You cheated with killing Manolo. And then you cheated by not obliging by the rules of the bet. <laughs> I mean, he has shown, like, from the first time you see him that he's Which, he's a cheater. I do hate the whole bad guys cheat cliche. I know it's a thing that almost has to happen, but it is kind of frustrating and annoying how much he cheats in this. Um, I also thought it was funny that it has the trope of the star athlete not wanting to follow in his father's footsteps and wants to be a musician. <laughs> oh, <laughs> see, I I really loved that because it made Manolo's character more relatable. Oh, yeah, it, it it's so true, but it, it is just... And like I said, these aren't necessarily wrong things, but they're cliches that I point out. And because I've been pointing out cliches in a lot of our other movies, I'm just still... Yep, that's fair. Um, the hero leaves the town, right, as the bandits attack. That's another cliche. Joaquin, when he first leaves the town, because Maria doesn't say yes to the marriage, <laughs> right as he leaves, the bandits are... <laughs> well, like, yeah, like the second he steps out of the room, it's like, oh, hey, the, uh, the bandits are here. <laughs> so we're screwed. <laughs> Yeah, besides that, I mean, it has the... If there's a fight that's happening at a bell tower, you know the bell tower is going to be used to kill the last guy. It happens in so many movies. Yeah. <laughs> it it does happen quite a bit, but that's cool. Oh, yeah. It, it's, it's a great fight, honestly. But that's just one of those things that I thought was hilarious. Well, I do love that scene, how the characters... Like, how Manolo is like, you know what, I've already been dead, and he's like... I don't care anymore about if I get to marry Maria. He realizes that the relationships, their friendship between all of them is so important and the safety of the town. Yeah. It's like seeing him push walking out of the way and sacrifice himself was so cool. But I also love in that same scene, the character development with Joaquin, how he's like, you know what? I don't need this invincibility brooch anymore. So he actually uses it to save Manolo. I just think it's a really cool dynamic. The that double characters, yeah. Yeah, they both saved each other in the town and grew as characters. Yeah. And I love this in a lot of Spanish movies. They do this with the dance fighting. 
Because <laughs> they're doing like that waltz thing, fighting the main uh, bandit on the rooftop of the bell tower. That was really cool. And it's something that happens in a lot of Spanish movies, and I absolutely love it. It's such a cliche thing, but it's so well done, and it's so much fun. Um, I I think that's it for downfalls for me, honestly. I don't have a lot of downfalls for this. <laughs> I love how we were like talking about downfalls, but I, I think I said so many highlights within that. <laughs> All right. Because this movie is just beautiful. It's uh, so amazing. Uh, back to before when I was talking about uh, like Manolo res- respecting and everything. Mm-hmm. I really love how his character, when he goes to the land of the dead, how he still respects and looks up to his family, even though they have different beliefs. Like they are oh, all yeah. known for having killed or been killed by different you know, like bulls in different ways, but he still respects them for, you know, their strengths and everything they were, even though he thinks that killing the bulls is wrong. It's really cool kind of seeing that he loves his family, but he or has it, his own And it's beliefs. honestly the way that families should be, and this should be the way, like, we don't have to necessarily agree on everything, but as long as we respect each other, and as long as you still have that love and admiration for each other, it's one of the things that I, I really have noticed, like, coming into your family how your family addresses a lot of the things like that. Like we don't always agree with everyone's decisions or everyone's beliefs. Like we have a lot of like differences of opinions on things. Even with this podcast, we've noticed how different we can be on some of the things, but there's still just so much love and respect between all of us. It's just amazing. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, I seriously, some of the things in this movie though, like th- some of the comedy and art style with some of the singing and stuff like I was talking about, like, there's a part where he's singing um, I Will Wait For You, <laughs> Manolo is, and his dad comes in and he's like, I will not wait for you! <laughs> and pulls him aside. <laughs> I do love that, like, when that song first started, it didn't click for me that it was the I Will Wait by Mumford and Sons. Uh-huh. I was like, oh man, this is catchy. I feel like I've heard this before. <laughs> and then it clicked. Like, oh, this movie's so cool. I, I love that uh, when the, because this story is one of those things where it's a people characters telling the story of this story uh, to a bunch of kids and i love they they always cut away to the kids every once in a while like uh princess bride style <laughs> of storytelling and there's one point where this kid goes these ancient gods put the fate of the world into these three children it seems crazy what what if maria didn't even marry either of them <laughs> <laughs> and that's like it's a good point what if Maria didn't marry either of them? Did they both lose the bet? <laughs> yeah, probably. So, man, we'll call it to draw. <laughs> There's just some of those things that I, I really loved, like some of the meta pointing out things that they did. I loved a lot of the meta humor. I loved some of the humor of like, it's going into a song, but then they rip you out with just like the dad making a comment. Like there's so many just the ways they cut to every little bit and every different changes from music to non-music to musical to action to romance to this movie has it all. And it blends it so perfectly. Oh, yeah, definitely. The story beats just flow so well. Another one of my favorite lines is uh, there's one guy when the bandits come in and the guy's like, ah, I'm allergic to dying. Yeah, especially in the face. (laughs) Uh, and like some of the things like Joaquin talking about all of his medals because he just became a person of I have to be the most decorated soldier ever. I got to live in my father's place. This is a medal for having so many medals. This is a medal. For... I love one of my favorite ones. Is, I got this medal for delivering a baby while arm wrestling a bear. <laughs> I'm like, what the? F-? <laughs> oh, it's just so 
so just random. Oh yeah, after Maria and Manolo, uh, well Maria die dies, wink wink, and Manolo dies. The kids getting the story told to them start freaking out. One kid goes, "What is it with Mexicans and death?" <laughs> For me, my favorite two songs in this entire movie were uh, "I Love You Too Much," obviously because of the special connection with me and my wife having to that song, and we sing that song to each other all the time. But also the Toro song, the Toro apology song. That's a great song. When he makes another bet with Shabalba to get his life back, and he bets him anything. I will do any challenge you want. And so he's like, let me look into your eyes. I will find your biggest fear. And his biggest fear was having to kill the bull. And so he makes him fight every single bull the entire Sanchez family had ever fought all at once. And they ended up doing this giant mega bull thing, which is so cool. Oh, the visual of all the bull, like bones becoming the giant bull. And one thing I love about that scene is how uh, Sibalba was wrong about his greatest fear. His yeah. greatest fear wasn't killing a bull. It was being himself, being yeah. who he truly is. And I just really love that dynamic, how he's like, you know, the swords on the... Uh, or yeah, between the sword and the guitar and he sees his reflection and he's like, you know what? The guitar is the way to go. Well, and I, I love it too. Three different times in this movie because this guitar was given to him by Maria, the girl he loves more than anything, the girl he's doing everything in this movie for and she carved on the side of the guitar, always follow your heart. Yep. And every time he's feeling down, every time he needs to make a decision of what to do, he sees that quote on his guitar he picks up a guitar and he starts playing and that's when he does that with the bullfight and he starts playing this apology song saying like i'm sorry for all the death we've caused you and all your family i'm sorry for all the pain that you've had to deal with i'm sorry that we used you for entertainment i'm sorry for all of this stuff and it makes me cry every single time it is gorgeous in the way the bull you like see him he's on fire he's angry and then all of a sudden he starts calming down and swaying and then he just fades off into existence and lets go of all of his hate and all of his anger towards the scientist family and then Zabul was like well damn <laughs> i guess you want i didn't love during that scene how it shows morello's family reacting to him because like, there's the grandma that is usually like, oh, he's not going to do it. Yeah. And this time she's like, oh, he did it. And all the family are realizing, like, he's so right. Yeah. And I love all the different things with this family and other family members being music people, too. Like, the opera singing pirate uncle that he had. That was cool. <laughs> and, like, this, it's so just amazing. I love when uh, Manolo comes back to life and he grabs Maria and he just kisses her and uh Shikal's like sitting there like wanting to attack him and wanting to fight him and he points he holds his finger he's like wait a minute wait 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 and then keeps kissing her and then he goes all right now let's go <laughs> like there's so many things that's just so awesome and i love like even with certain the characters like uh we didn't even talk about it. the candle maker the person who controls everyone's life is ice cube <laughs> which is amazing and at the end of this movie Ice Cube says, and today was a good day at the end of the movie, which is one of his most famous songs. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think he did really well with that character. I mean, the Candlemakers, he's in it for so little, but yeah. it's so entertaining. 
it's it's so funny and like another funny line we see the grandma says kids today with their long hair and they're not wanting to kill stuff <laughs> like uh just there's just so much in this movie I it's can't. am i right <laughs> i think in the end this is a highly underrated film oh 100 uh, you know a lot of people just kind of threw it in the dust and i think uh it's worth revisiting it is a very strong animated film. well and the reason i even brought up like coco earlier is when coco came out that became what everyone talked about as far as like spanish representation of movies and dios de los muertos and the the philosophies of it and i know these movies are completely different yeah they do have similar uh artistic approaches to at least what the subject is the day it's on or the the, yeah the culture it's about a lot of people i've seen things like people think they're that coco's a cheap copy of book of life and i couldn't disagree more and a lot of people think that because they both have the same i guess day they're both holiday movies basically they both have the day of the dead in it well, other than that they're both about singing and they're both about family they're both <laughs> I, there's a lot of connections they, to it there's connections but i think there's also enough differences that oh yeah they are their own movies they are different they movies. are completely their own movies if you say one is a cheap copy of another i i think that's so i, I wouldn't i wouldn't say that but i will say i love this one way more than coco this beats coco by a landslide for me well and see i am opposite i i love coco i think it's a great film i also love this movie but i i like coco more but that doesn't mean i think they're the same like they are di- they are completely different movies, and I love them both for different reasons. Fair, that's totally fair. Um, seriously though, like even some of the other attention to detail things I didn't bring up earlier. There's several times before Manolo plays, he actually tunes his guitar. I have not seen that in a lot of movies, even live action movies. Like, there's not a lot of times where people like down tune their guitar before playing or do something different before playing. And that's just a, a small little touch as someone who appreciates music as much as we do. That I'm like, that's awesome. <laughs> You're tuning your guitar in an animated movie. <laughs> yeah, the, the attention to detail is just immaculate. But yeah. Yeah, so uh, I think that is all I have. Yeah, I think that's pretty much everything I have. Um, one of the things for me, though, before I guess we, I fully say, is I just really appreciate everything this movie did and said. And I honestly, like, one of the things I really want to see is I kind of want to see a spinoff of some of Manolo's family. Like, the cousin lady twin assassins. They were cool. They were cool as shit. And they were so little of the movie. But I almost want a movie about them. Like, Guillermo del Toro doing several movies in a franchise of The Book of Life would be so cool. It would be really cool, and I'm just afraid that it would be, like, turned into a TV show or something, and it would be just not handled well. Well, yes, I could see that, but if Yama del Toro does it, he's not going to let it down great. No, he he puts a lot of care and detail into his movies. Yeah. So, yeah, um, like I said, definitely watch this movie. It's incredible. I think you'll enjoy it. I think if you love the culture, you love music, you love mariachi style, you love bullfighting, you love any of that, you're going to love this movie. If you wanted to see a different take from anything else Guillermo del Toro's done, this is another thing for you, too. It's, don't sleep on this movie. It's <laughs> worth checking out. For sure. Well, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. And again, next week, we are looking at Death Note. It's on Netflix. <laughs> Bye.